Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BGK knocks off the have-nots to earn their seventh consecutive win. Brossois isn't good in his return with Henderson and shots, shots, shots. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco and Chris Gall. Why that look? And Chris Gallick from Las Vegas. You could find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G. And also you could find us on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is LockdownVGK. So, Chris, uh, the big story coming out of the Golden Knights' 6-4 to four victory in Montreal on Saturday was that, luckily for VGK, Alex Petrangelo escapes without a major injury, a serious injury in that game, as Josh Anderson uh, called for a dangerous boarding uh, penalty and then also ejected from the game. And then on Sunday, he was suspended by player safety. And I just wanted to get your opinion uh, two games, do you think that the uh, suspension should have been more severe? So, hey, there you go. Now we, can, we can see you now. You were underwater for a second, so good job coming up for air. No, so if you watch that hit, folks, first of all, dangerous hit, bad hits. Unfortunate that it happened. Now, let's take a deeper dive into this. Uh, the response was warranted. He uh, got the crap knocked out of him afterwards. Call it what it is, and rightfully so. But... Petrangelo was skating straight up, and then Petrangelo, for being uh, in the league as long as he has, kind of made a a bit of a mistake as well by stopping and turning the way he did. Um, The player from Montreal was already in the process of starting his hits, and what ensued was, was unfortunately a dangerous hit, which is why I think it was just two games. I'm unaware of his history, but I'm assuming if there was a recent history of hits like that, it would have been a longer suspension. But two games is the right amount of games. It was a bad hit. It was a dirty hit. He was coming in to, to friggin' label Petrangelo. Call it what it is. You can tell by the way he came in. Petro just turned like a like a beer league player at the last second, though, which nine times out of ten, they skate right by you at that level, but not at the NHL level, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, again, there was one angle that looked really bad, the one from behind the VGK bench, the other side, that camera didn't look as severe. And what happened after that were <laughs> uh, penalties on VGK. And actually, you know, that hit, it benefited Montreal, at least, you know, as far as the penalty box yeah, that was, weird. <laughs> uh, was concerned. Uh, so VGK uh, had more penalty minutes uh, at that juncture. But yeah, you definitely want to look out for player safety. Uh, what about the response of the bench and the Golden Knights and three players jumping in right then? Yeah, I mean, that definitely shows that the team is, um, they're all on the same page right now. They're out for each other. There is a a good culture. They are supporting each other. And, you know, it's unfortunate that you see it. But, I mean, it's it's like the brawl in, you know, in, in mid, mid-June mid in a baseball game for a team that's sub-500. You know, one of their players gets bean, the bench is clear, a, a melee ensues, and the team gets hot after that. And, and that's another thing that does show that, the team is supporting each other. They're out there for, for one another. And not that we question VGK 
not that we question the VGK was or wasn't, uh, you know, together helping each other, but it's good to see for lack of a better term. I mean, if, if, if the bench could have, it would have absolutely cleared. They would have absolutely emptied the bench on that and gone after that guy for that hit. You saw Marchie come in. You saw Petro had his gloves off right away and was taking punches. I'm, I'm surprised Petro only walked away with two minutes and all that, but definitely the odd circumstance where you have a major penalty and yet your team is on the, on the PK for a little bit. Um, unfortunate that it worked out like that, but the right response and, you know, it's, uh, wasn't the prettiest of victories, but, uh, you know, it was a victory. Something's going on with my camera today. I look like the guy with kaleidoscope eyes. It's, it's, it's aliens like, uh, Mike McKenna about how he, uh, tweeted about, um, uh, how that crazy goal went in, uh, on Logan Thompson the other night. One of the things was aliens and bad ice and all that. Right now, Tony's got bad ice and aliens at the same time. Yeah, there's some, it's heavy ice and it's, it's heavy ice. It's really heavy bizarre, ice. but in any event, it's probably going to help our view. It's, it's, it's going to help the ratings, Tony. Your head looks absolutely, smaller. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this is, I, I wanted the screen to go like and look like this, this blurry during shot, shot, shots in a third segment, but occurred a little bit, a little bit earlier. <laughs> we'll make, uh, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. <laughs> we got the audio cooking. Hey, outside of, I don't know what's going on here. Ever since that TMZ deal, I don't know what's going on. But in any event, uh, outside of Montreal's top line, not much help for the Canadiens. Uh, we knew that they were, uh, you know, that top line was gelling for Montreal. Uh, Nick Suzuki had two two goals. Cole Caulfield, a goal and an assist. Kirby Dock, three assists in the game against the Golden Knights. And VGK gave up that three-on-one, which is a little bit concerning uh, in the in the contest where Suzuki scored the goal. Uh, to, to me, there was just too much open ice there. In uh, that third period, seven goals combined were scored. So we did mention in our preview on Friday that Caulfield and Suzuki are doing well. And, you know, the complimentary effort uh, is the reason why Montreal was, you know, basically five and uh, five and five heading into that game, five and six now after that game. Uh, Kirby Doc, excellent pickup, obviously, from the Blackhawks as part of their fire sale over the summer. Um you know, you make the points. There was a lot of open ice out there. And was the team overthinking the system? Was Cassidy pushing a little too hard? Is this just simply a product of three straight road games? And, you know, the matchups aren't going favorable in the sense that when you're on the road, you don't get the last change. The home team can put out their unit after a change. Icing is the only thing that can change that. So maybe this is simply a product of matchups going a little more unfavorable for the BGK. And if that's the case, fine. So be it. That's a, that's part of the game. And as time goes on, I think that is something that will be improved. But on this road trip, there has been a lot of room across the neutral zone for the opponents. And, you know, going into Toronto tomorrow evening, Toronto is a very quick team. They can rush the puck up ice just as fast as the VGK. So they better have an answer or, you know, Toronto is the type of team is up and down as they've been for well, the last decade, it seems like, but definitely the last couple of seasons is up and down as they, as they have been. They can really punish a team like the Vegas Golden Knights fast that VGK isn't ready for those uh, breakouts and those long uh, stretch passes. In the game, a couple of goals for Riley Smith. Nick Haig starts the game off. I thought it was perhaps his best game since he returned, obviously, late due to uh, the contractual um, agreement that he got signed late. Again, uh, the extension um, and the Hager bomb early. 
Uh, VGK had two power play goals in the game, uh, which was positive. Uh, Marcia saw uh, his sixth goal on that power play. Uh, the pass from Eichel was so crisp. And you even saw Marcia so go, wow, great pass. And then he just got it cross ice. But uh, just back to Haig, uh, also, uh, he got the assist on the Colasar. Colasar scored a goal on the Colasar goal in front. And, uh, you know, we, we saw this past week where the Ottawa coach, DJ Smith, said that he felt that Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud might be the best third pairing in the National Hockey League. So good week for Nick Haig. And he apparently is coming on and he didn't have to play with Junior Stick there the other day because, you know, he kept his stick in his hands. So <laughs> um, I was actually with uh, Gil Martin yesterday doing that hit for um, uh, Lockdown NHL. I think we actually got the lead, Tony. I think, oh, my God. That, that's why you wanted me to do the lead because your camera situation over there. Um, and I actually did mention the comment that was made about Hagen Whitecloud. And another question that was asked to me is an unsung hero of VGK. And I'm still uh, beating the Zach Whitecloud drum uh, to anyone that's going to listen about the contributions that he's making to this team. His stats aren't as good as they've been as far as his plus minus goes, but you know, that's because he's probably doing other things and matchups and things like that. But uh, White Cloud is going to be an unsung hero of this team for a long time to come. I'll even go as far to say that White Cloud might earn a letter in the not terribly distant future, uh, you know, a couple seasons down the road or something like that. Um, a, a lot of good things happening right now. Like you said, Jack Eichel just doing Jack Eichel things out there. Um, uh, so hadn't scored a goal in a while. He had five goals pretty fast. Nice to see him back. I was trying to load. I was curious because I did mention with Gil yesterday about the power play rankings. And I'm curious, uh, how we, cause we did talk earlier in the week, uh, VGK was in the bottom third approximately right in the upper twenties or so. And unfortunately I can't get the, the screen to load, but I'm not sure where they rank right now, but hopefully there's an improvement Two power play goals this early in the season will move you up the rankings a little bit. Uh, plus four for Nick Hague, plus four for Mark Stone. Mark Stone didn't really have an active game as far as uh, he didn't score any points, I don't believe. I don't think he, he might have had a couple of shots on goal from what I recall in that game. But, you know, his contributions are many, and they need to have him on the ice, apparently. No doubt. And Mark Stone is – he's going to have a lot of unnoticeable games that aren't going to – trigger the stat sheet for that type of contract. I know that's a little bit concerning when you hear something like that, but Mark Stone not making the score sheet doesn't mean Mark Stone did not have a brilliant game. Um, go back to Marion Hossa. Marion Hossa and Mark Stone. Marion Hossa, Chicago Blackhawks, Ottawa Senators, Pittsburgh Penguins, Detroit Red Wings. I think I got all that right. Um, but a long time with the Blackhawks when I was watching the Blackhawks a lot. Hosa and Mark Stone have a lot of similarities. I think Hosa in his prime had a little more of a lethal scoring touch, but as far as their ability to back check, to help in every inch of the ice, there's not a weakness in, in Mark Stone's or Marion Hosa's game, no matter what they're doing out there. And someone like Mark Stone excels on the two way side of things, uh, simply playing defense, forechecking, back checking, checking. I mean, he even got in a fight early in his VGK career with, uh, uh, was it uh, Shifley, I want to say? And, uh, yeah, and McCauley was actually the one uh, refing the game. That was the first time I got to see McCauley give his uh, patented five minutes for fighting uh, call. So that was uh, kind of fun to see. And, you know, Captain Mark Stone is doing what Captain Mark Stone needs to do, and that's uh, leading the troops by example. Coming up next, uh, Laurent Brossois started for Henderson on Saturday. 
on loan from VGK for conditioning. We're going to tell you how he fared not well. When we return, right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football at the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, all the team matchups, the news, the podcast, and in-depth analysis on each and every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport that is out there. The fastest and the easiest way to check out all of your favorite games and events, including NHL, Major League Baseball's done. Cross that out. MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn a lot more. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. I'm not foggy anymore. Okay, it's pretty good. I was in the Sunfield, like Charlie Brown, right? Uh, welcome back. Again, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Lockdown UK. Find us on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. That was really bizarre, right? Of EGK, 13th ranked power play right now, by the way, 13th. So they went up about eight or nine spots from our last time we talked about that. When does that air with uh, with Gil Martin next couple uh, of days? Gil said it's going to be up around noon or so Vegas time. Oh, today. So he'll, okay, great. He'll, he'll so tag we'll, me and I'll, we'll uh, I'll pass it along once it comes through. Absolutely. And I know you, you, know, you made us look really, really good. Yeah, I mean, the fact that my camera wasn't blurry, that was a good start. Well, what happened here? It looked like it, you know, the San time change, Tony. The time, time change. The fog came in. Not only, it's not only here in the background and everywhere else, but in my head because of that hour time change. In any event, I'm, t- I'm tired. Today. Is, I'm not going to lie. I'm tired. You know what today is? Today is what the Monday? It is what the Monday. And it's also <laughs> the first Monday in Bro Vember for Bro Swap. And so, down with Henderson, or it's not down on the farm. It's east of the farm, right? It's it's southeast, east. southeast. Okay, southeast of the farm in the setting sun uh, in Henderson <laughs> with the Silver Knights, and uh, the results. As you were there at the game, uh, can you fill us in? The results weren't very good. No, well, the results, sure, yes, the results, the score, fine, whatever. And you did make the comment that he wasn't good in the intro. That's why I was kind of giving you the. The cockeyed look. So I had a real pleasant interaction. I want to see if I can find this right now. It's probably going to Wait a second. take me too long. Wait a second. He gave up five goals on how many shots? He gave shot, up five shot, goals on 26 shots, Tony. Okay. So here's here's the lay down, folks. So a couple of things. This is his first starts in since sometime in the spring. He had off-season oh, surgery. He went, he went Aiden Hill on Okay, and that's the thing. That's that's exactly where I'm going to go with this. Really? So, okay. a few things to look at here. First start since sometime in the early spring, February, whatever the date was. I don't even know off the top of my head. But first start in quite some time. Off season surgery, no training camp, just right to practice, and boom, here you go. Go play some professional hockey. Not an AHL, but AHL is still some pretty good hockey, folks. There was only one way to grade this performance. I'll get into the goals in a second here, but there's only one way to grade this performance, pass or fail. The only way you can fail in your first conditioning starts is if you don't finish the game or if you leave the game due to some type of injury or have some type of setback. Simply by finishing the game was the first start of his rehab process. He gets a pass. I don't care what the score was. 
I don't care how the goals were. I'm going to talk about that in a minute here. I don't care about anything besides the fact that he started the game and he finished the game. He wasn't slow going side to side. He wasn't slow to react. He was not, he didn't look cobbled. He didn't look injured. I will certainly concede the fact that when I was watching the pre, and this is honest folks, when I was watching the pregame warmups and the players taking the shots, I actually opened up my sports betting app. I saw the over under was five and a half on the game. I smashed it. I smashed the over instantly because his reaction was not that great during warmups, 100%. And if you were to ask him, he'd probably say the same thing. And I'll be at the game on Tuesday. Maybe I will get a word with him because I'll be doing the media thing uh, tomorrow with the Silver Knights. Now, let's talk about the goals that were given up. There was one goal that you could say he wanted back. Um, if you were following along with me on Saturday, folks, I actually put a video up of each of the goals on the replay board on the silver screen at the Dollar Loan Center. I put the replay up of each of the goals that he gave up. There was one goal that was right off a of faceoff where he lost sight of it, got a little bit of a screen, but that's the one that the announcer would say they want back. Otherwise, every other goal was either a breakdown, no coverage in front of the net, three-on-one, two-on-one, set pieces where he was drawing absolutely dead to save it. He gave up five goals. There was one from the point he probably wanted back. There was one strange one where I thought the net had actually come off before the puck went in, and I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong in that. It was just one of those weird ones. But the other three goals, three-on-ones, two-on-ones, backdoor, uh, the first goal he gave up, there was a give and go from the defenseman to the wing where our forward didn't didn't chase the defenseman in and just a wide open backdoor type of goal. Now, what you look for as his next start comes uh, presumably tomorrow evening uh, for the Silver Knights, you look for maybe to make a couple of those saves that the goalie shouldn't because that's a difference of what helps you know your team win a game or not. Your goalie needs to make all the saves they're supposed to and a couple of the saves they're not supposed to. So I think as we look at the trajectory, we look at the the improvement game over game. You'd like to see obviously a little more, seem a little more active and get across the net a little bit better. But to say this was a bad performance, to say you know, I mean, people are flipping out on social media. It, it's so funny. But Aiden Hill, for lack of a better term, was terrible in the preseason. We were Robin Lennering him. We were injured, hobbled, Robin Lennering, Aiden Hill, right back to San Jose after the first present company included when I saw him get shelled against San Jose in the preseason. So, yeah, it was good, but relax, but folks. The, but the defense in front of him, again, was not as good either in the, the, in the, the two and eight Silver Knights defense in front of him. Man, two and I eight. don't know what's going on. I, th- I thought that they were destined for the Calder Cup. The more that I think, I, about I said it, that. What well, that's exactly what I said. I thought this was a Calder Cup lineup. I'm uh, yeah, same here, exactly. And, and so again, when they're they're going to have to activate Brossois, right? The more that I think about it over this weekend, the more that I feel it is going to ruin the chemistry of VGK, because again, Bruce Cassidy has this rotation. Okay, bro, it, it's not going to be the rotation. Okay. Uh, you've got Hill, you've got Thompson, they're playing well, they know exactly what they're doing, they feel, I feel as though they know when they're going to get their starts, there's no question marks, I think they're each just gaining a ton of confidence, and I feel as though the team and the defense are rallying in front of them, and again, you know, no disrespect to, to Brassois, I just feel that this is something that could hurt the chemistry of the Vegas Golden Knights and their goaltending, I really don't want him there 
right now. Um, and I don't know what you're going to do. You got to get rid of someone. There's got to be an odd man out. Bruce Cassidy does not like the three man rotation. Everything is fair. And I, I, I want to give a shout out to Shay uh, Shimritz uh, at SHI underscore FS. A lot of pleasant interactions. And this was the quote, and it was a response to something I said. I think Aiden Hill was on the shelf longer. This is actually after Tony tweeted the Brassois in a Tampa Bay, or, or excuse me, a, a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. But like LB, he didn't <laughs> I'd play like to stir since, it up. Come on, yeah, man. It's fair. He, he didn't play since March. Unlike LB, he did the entire training camp in the summer before starting. So he was out for five months versus LB's eight months and didn't have an off-season surgery. So, you know, let, let's take all this. Oh, wait, I almost lost the microphone. Let's take all this with a with a grain of salt right now. And yes, something might be looming if LB does return to the VGK active roster as far as the potential for at least sending Logan Thompson to the AHL. I don't think it's actually going to happen. I think it'll be a paper transaction type of thing if it does. Um, but the possibility of Logan Thompson actually being a Henderson Silver Knight uh, sometime, you know, come November 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. Again, he's not going to Henderson. It would just simply be as a paper transaction to clear out space for the roster. And there'll be more details about that once uh, this happens. Um, I'm with you on the three-man rotation. It's concerning because the chemistry is good. Our, folks, the Vegas Golden Knights are 11-2 and two right now. The Vegas Golden Knights are 11-2, and two, and we've gone 13 games without goalie controversy. And, uh, well, here we are. Yeah, it, it, it's not a VGK season, you know, of late without some sort of controversy Going back to season there. three, right? Right. And and he's going to take, Brassois would take a lot of the turns of, of Aiden Hill. And right now, you know, Aiden Hill, undefeated. He's in a zone. He's playing well. Yes, he's getting the back ends of the one of the, the back-to-backs. And, oh, know, here he goes. Here starts. he goes. Here comes Tony. Okay. But in any event, he would take time away from Aiden Hill and I have to give Hill props, okay? Because you and I both thought he wasn't worth a hill of beans at the start of the season. And oh, now, come on. at the top of the hill. I don't know where I don't uh, that, know. That, Tony, I love how you ad-libbed that. You know, I, I, I don't think you were prepared. You prepared yourself for that, so that was good. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, folks. Like, everyone here blasting Brassois, you know, go back to my tweets with uh, with Che over there and – or go back to go back and watch Aiden Hill's game against the San Jose Sharks in the preseason, and then watch El, watch Aiden Hill's games now. LB is going to be just fine. LB, to the best of my knowledge, is the most experienced NHL goaltender, maybe outside of Michael Hutchinson, that we have on the in the BGK system right now. Oh, people were ripping Hutchinson too for taking up a roster spot on our feet as well. well. And here's one thing really fast. There were actually people, I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to take my own shot here. There were actually people either in the VGK fan pages, Henderson fan pages, and actually people at the game were actually yelling for Patera to come in. Like folks, you need to calm down for a second here. First of all, the AHL is development. If your AHL team wins and competes for a Calder cup, wonderful. It's exciting. I've experienced it uh, three times with uh, the Chicago Wolves before I made the move out here. And it's an absolutely amazing experience to watch your team win a Calder Cup. And hopefully uh, the the Henderson Silver Knights will be there at one point, obviously, our Golden Knights to win a Stanley Cup. But the point of the AHL team is to develop. It's to help injured and hobbled players get back to speed. And, you know, things are working well at the NHL level right now. We do have some good AHL prospects. Uh, Paul Cotter made an early uh, an early push with the team. 
Uh, Zach Whitecloud was a Chicago Wolf for a while, as was Nick Hague and stuff like that. So, you know, these players, we are developing players through the pipeline now, which is something that we haven't been able to say up until really the last two or three seasons. So, you know, the AHL is doing what the AHL needs to do as far as getting these players ready for the NHL level. People yelling for Patera to come in and stuff like that. Just, you know, I get it. You want to win. And, and you know, I want I want to see the Silver Knights win when me and my kid are there because he has more fun when they win and stuff like that. But the job is to develop. And if the Silver Knights finish dead last in the Pacific and the Golden Knights make a Stanley Cup run, the Silver Knights had a good season. What I really enjoyed most about your tweet game on Saturday was tweeting out the penalty minutes. That was my type of Woo! game. Let me uh, hear. Was was, was it Lowen was involved? Was Lowen involved in in another fight? Low. Oh yeah, Lowen. So Lowen and Lowen lost it. Um, <laughs> something Lowen absolutely destroyed someone in the far corner, <laughs> and I didn't catch the start of this, unfortunately. But Lowen destroyed somebody. He just friggin' leveled somebody. Uh, where's the recap? I think that's it, right? That's there. awesome, Logan. Yeah, here it comes. Low and friggin' destroy. Oh, this is going to take a calculator and an Excel sheet to get all this. Um, he destroys someone, and I think he, the, the the person that he hit, took a cheap shot on him. Lowen lost it. Lowen went after him. He fought him. He got him pretty good a few times, but then Lowen wanted to keep going. And when Lowen loses it, you know, he, he does have. I'll be careful how I put this. Lowen did receive a suspension in his career uh, one or two seasons ago, I believe, on one of the last games with the Silver Knights due to. Um, uh, something unfortunate that was said to him, and he, you know, he, he took liberties, and understandably so. Um, but when he loses his temper, you want to be somewhere else. And Lowen did fight, but he got an additional ten minute, and then Lowen didn't take too much longer in the third, I believe, to be ejected from the game. So let's see if I can. Uh, let's see, is it two columns, just one column? Two, four, six, eight, ten, fifteen. So if 20. you were to, if you were to give, if you were to give Brassois a a grade from one. To five, where would it be? Coming off of the hip surgery, we know hasn't played since last winter. What would his grade be? One through five. Five being exceptional. One hundred and twelve. No, that was number of penalty minutes. Tony in the game. One hundred twelve. <laughs> oh, was one hundred and twelve penalty minutes. One hundred and twelve penalty minutes. I love um, those types of games. So, Tony, am I grading him simply on? I wonder if there. Were, per- <laughs> go ahead. I wonder if that. No, I wonder if there were more penalty minutes than there were fouls called in the game that I went to there. Uh, at the Dollar Loan Center with the Vegas Ignite of the G League. There What's a lot this of, a one lot of... shot? What's this one free throw oh, equals geez. two points stuff, Tom? Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay, so. Off the rail segment two, folks. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course, as always. This is great. So in the G League, they have the dumbest rule in the world. If you get fouled, you drive it to the basket, you go to the free throw line, you shoot one free throw for two points. If you get fouled behind the arc, you get one free throw for three points. And these knuckleheads couldn't make the one free throw. But isn't the G League supposed to be like a developmental league, too, where you teach them how to make their free throws, how to make the free throws under pressure? There had to be there would have been 200 free throws in that game uh, the other night at the Dollar Loan Center. If I had to guess and I'll get back to our, our hockey segment in a second here, but. If I had to guess, like the NBA, they use some of their other leagues to experiment to see what the reaction is and see how it is. And it seems like this is something the NBA might learn sooner than later isn't the path. But um, so, Tony, back to Brassois. What am I am I grading him? What specifically is it just one through, one through five overall performance, effort, being Brassois, Brovember, everything. OK, if I'm going to if it's not pass fail, I'll give him a three because 
sure, you would like to see him make a couple of those saves he shouldn't, but it's not a fair curve right now. The fact that he took the ice, the fact that he got out there and got through the game, he passed his first test, and that's it. That's it for me. And I'm assuming that's all that mattered for for Coach Viveros, for Coach Cassidy, for McCrimmon, uh, for the GM of the Silver Knights. I'm, I'm sure the only thing that matters is that he got out there, he fi- finished the game, to the best of our knowledge, he came out healthy. I should see him tomorrow morning at practice at the lifeguard, and then uh, we'll uh, give a report on the game uh, tomorrow night. I'll be tweeting just as I did uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. A lot of uh, I'll give a good in-depth about the fan interaction and engagement and show the goals that are scored, and we'll talk about that more tomorrow, though. Okay, so I was out covering Formula One on the Strip on Saturday. Had to be fun. Day. It was tremendous. You said I don't like to have fun. You should have seen me raging at the Killers concert. That's another story for another time. But another media member had asked me, Chris, and I said that I would pose the question to you, and I hate to bring this up, but out to the early slow start for the Henderson Silver Knights, is Coach Manny's job in jeopardy? I don't – I actually did think about that myself, Tony. I actually wondered – um you know, and, and this is where if I do get an opportunity to pose a question to Coach Beaveros, either at practice or at um, – or at, or at the game tomorrow night, a question I want to ask is, what is the responsibility to for the Silver Knights to the to the Golden Knights? Meaning, do result? I mean, results matter. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Results matter. But what percentage of? And I'll find a better way to frame this. But what percentage of results versus getting players on the ice and development? How does all that chemistry work on the grand scale of things? And I don't think there's any issue with what, what Coach Viveros is doing. Uh, he has a tremendous responsibility, not just while the team is here, but he's the first, uh, him and usually the Savannah Ghost Pirates crew are basically the ones running the rookie camps and stuff like that. They have such an important role with the, the team as a whole, not just simply coaching. So I don't think there's any issue with what Viveros is doing. Um, you know, obviously maybe we'll get a better pulse on that if I'm able to get a word with them and see, uh, you know, his general reactions and stuff, but I don't think there's any issue with what he's doing. And I don't think there's any, I mean, I mean, wouldn't that be such a golden Knights thing, Tony, if they just decide, oh, we're going to can, can the AHL coach just stir it up a little bit. All of a sudden McCrimmon, uh, take away the McCrimmon plan, I guess. So I, I'm just going to real quick here because we we're running a little bit late, got to go to break, but you know, I've spoken to the Las Vegas Aviators manager, Fran Reardon, about this in the past. And the Oakland A's raid that roster repeatedly. And they just want to see some progress, I think, with the players that you have there. Right now, uh, that's the question mark. Are they making progress uh, there with the AHL Silver Knights? We'll talk more about that. It's going to yeah. be a great topic to discuss later, more in depth. Tomorrow. Uh, right here. Okay, we can do that tomorrow. <laughs> Lockdown Golden Knights. Coming up next, Bruce Cassidy quoting and thanking and giving credit to little John. We'll turn more after this on Lockdown Golden Knights. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown BGK your first listen today. Your second listen, it is game-to-game NHL. It came out of the fog. It's okay. We're good. Uh, each and every moment, every top performance, every result, Lockdown Game-to-Game covers your game, every game from across the NHL. Local analysis from Chris and other Locked On folks. Follow Game to Game, Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. The Golden Knights, 42 shot, shot, shots 
on goal. This is going to be a recurring theme, I think, any time that they do well, and they put a lot of shots on net. And so they had that video that came out with the rapper, the artist, Lil John, which was rather funny. It was comical, satirical. And so uh, they had asked uh, Bruce Cassidy after the game about the Nick Waugh line. And he talked about puck possession. And he said that they set the table for the next line that comes out on the ice. And he liked that they were rewarded uh, on Saturday on the score sheet. And a lot of time he said that they get shots, 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 and they don't go in in any event. Um, he said that's an inside joke for the folks from Vegas. And he said that little John gets a lot of the credit for all those shots put on net. But when you take a look at that fourth line for VGK, uh, oh, and he also said little John's one and oh in his career now. Um, and he, he gets all the credit for, for them actually <laughs> putting all those shots on net. When you take a look at that fourth line, they had 10 shot, shot, shots on net on Saturday. I'm not going to. I got to go back to just saying shots, okay? Uh, Ten shots. They had four points. Carrier, four shots on goal. Colasar, four shots. Wah had two shots, four total points. And then I went back to the Ottawa game, and they had seven shot, shot, shots on goal. Um, quality shots, you know, and they're getting in and high danger chances overall for the VGK with all of these shot, shot, shots. Everybody is doing a shot Jeez. All right. It's, 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 it's 10 a.m. somewhere, folks. It's 10 a.m. somewhere. Okay. Um, so the fourth, let's go back to the DeBoer era for a second here. It, it's been 35 minutes. We haven't mentioned his name yet. So that's a, a successful show by, by any means. But uh, <laughs> lines one, two, and three. And line four, going back to the DeBoer era, how many games, you know, we've hit, this is a, a dead horse that's going to be deader in a second, unfortunately. But Shots after shots after shots. Now I'm doing this, Tony. So many shots on net where into the goalie's crest from the point, lazy, lame duck shots that the goalie can see, very little traffic. Line four gets a pass for any type of shots that they take. Line four, I don't care if it's a lazy shot. I don't care if it's a good shot, a bad shot, or or anything else. I, I don't care what type of shot that it is. We should take a, take a shot every time we say the word shot now. But whatever shots that they take, it's a good thing for line four because they're getting pressure and things like that. You want the creativity and the high danger chances more to be generated from one, two, and three. If line four can generate those chances, great. But, folks, line four is scoring right now. Line four is scoring. Uh, Colasar, a goal and assist, I believe, against Montreal. Not his only uh, offensive output. Will Carrier, he's driving to the net, creating a havoc out there. Nick Waugh is doing uh, what Nick Waugh needs to do right now. And, you know, line four, if there's one line you that deserves zero, and not that any of our lines really get any criticism right now, but line four, no criticism whatsoever. They're doing absolutely wonderful. And the things that Pete DeBoer, let's take a shot every time we say his name, be wasted by uh, segment three. Um, but, you know, line four, there was so much to be made about them last season coming out of camp. And then, unfortunately, uh, all the injuries and such. Now we're getting to see what that – what Pete DeBoer's, this, this was Pete DeBoer's line four, right? This was Pete DeBoer's line four. He was the one that really wanted to see Wah, Carrie, and Cole start together. And, uh, you know, Cassidy is reaping the rewards of that right now. It was uh, the Hague shot. Was that a shot pass or a regular shot? I get confused. Uh, we saw Hague and he put the puck on net. And then the deflection was supreme. 
by Keegan Cole. So you got to give him credit for the deflection as he put it in, you know, off of his stick. That was we dog Colasar. We have that fun was good. with Colasar, but Colasar is a fantastic line four player who is going to all, whether it's VGK, he might be the type of player that, that plays a season. You know, he could have like a eight, 10, 12 year type career where it's with six or seven teams, but that doesn't mean he's not doing the right things. You look at Belmar, uh, Matt Carpenter, former uh, VGK, uh, which, I think he's been with Chicago since then, if I'm not mistaken. Chicago, yeah. Um, Tomas Nosek, uh, still with Boston right Boston. now, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, he's going to have that type of career, I think. And if he could spend most of his uh, productive years with the VGK, all the better. Yeah, he's going to have to learn how to drop his mitts, though. No, yeah. no, no, keep him on. He should keep him on. That He's safer that way. He's safer that way. <laughs> he does throw that uppercut, though. I've got to give him credit there. He's still um, milking that cow, though, Tony. He's got to get a new move. <laughs> I can't wait for you to get back there to uh, T-Mobile when the team returns here later this I week. I should be there next Tuesday and Thursday if all goes well. I should be there okay. both games next week. Yeah, I can't wait to till you get back there with the Colasar fans. They're going to rip you, so be ready. For I saw time. that guy the other – I actually saw him at the last game we were at, and he wasn't sitting by us, so I was, like, doing one of these walking by. I'm like, I don't want <laughs> to talk to this guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the next stop for VGK Toronto tomorrow night. That is a team, the Maple Leafs, that has beaten the Bruins. And yesterday they beat the Canes back to back on the road. Back so that's going to be a fun game coming up here. Uh, tomorrow night we'll have the preview and much, much more. Happy Brovember. Shot, shot, shots. All that. Oh, that's my have cue. A- Hold on. There you go. That was okay, my cue. Yeah, there you go. I'll do better. Have a good one. For my man, Chris Golick. I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We appreciate you tuning in wherever you're at. You can find our podcast. It's free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked on VGK. It's Marv, Tony Cardasco, and Chris Gallick from Las Vegas. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Locked on Golden Knights.